Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Okay, guys, welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. I'm super excited to have you as well as my guest here on today. Now, we're going to be talking all about how my guest has been able to become successfully unemployed through many different means. And right now, I have Andy Hill on from Marriage, Kids, and Money, the podcast, the everything. Andy, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thanks for having me, Dustin. I appreciate it. So, Andy, how do you make money to provide for your family without that just over broke job. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's a question I was asking myself in January of this year when I took the leap from my corporate career that I'd been in for 15 years. And what I found, actually, it's funny because I have done a lot of different things this year, but as I finally looked at the numbers now we're in December, I would say to answer your question, I would say the majority of my money comes from my podcast, uh, being a podcast host and sponsorships, as well as helping other people with their podcasts. So I guess I'll call myself a podcaster. <laughs> you definitely are a podcaster. That, that is absolutely for sure. Now, when you decided to quit your job, you had some money coming in. But before that, you were working for four, 15 years someplace else. And then you got the itch to really start something else that's outside of working for somebody else. Talk to us a little bit about how you did that. and uh, What were you doing before? And then what got you into starting this new career being a podcaster? Yeah. So for the past 15 years, I've worked in corporate event marketing. So that's a broad term for somebody who plans events. You know, So we do corporate events like big conferences and auto shows and trade shows. You know those events you've been to where you see all the things that come together. There's a big industry around that. And I did that for about 15 years. And it was pretty cool. Um, after doing something for a really long time, like a lot of people, I kind of got bored with it. Honestly, it's something that I didn't feel challenged with and something that I didn't have a lot of passion towards. And I think that's really important when you think about your career or something that you really want to do for a long time, whether it's a small business or employment, you got to have some fire when you wake up and you want to go do it, right? Or you're just really excited about the mission that you're on. And I wasn't. It was one of those things where I it was kind of a grind for me. And uh, I made great money. Uh, I, I got to a point in my career, you know, I started off making like $28,000 a year and then ended off making nearly $200,000 a year. So I was doing really well and I was very successful at it. I felt good about that. But I didn't have that fire to want to show up every day and give it my best. And I thought that that was not only disingenuous to me, but also disingenuous to the people that I was working for. So I said, well, you know, I need something else in my life that could give me some purpose or give me some joy. And so in 2016, I decided to start a podcast on a whim just for fun, a little hobby. You know, I'd been listening to podcasts and they were really fun. And I really liked what people had to say. And I was a young parent at the time. I had maybe a one-year-old and a three-year-old, I think. So between parenting and my job that I really wasn't pumped about, I needed something else. So I started this podcast, started having some great conversations with people, learning from them, uh, teaching what I knew at the time. And then over time, I started to figure out how to make a little bit of money from it. And then a couple of years later, I figured out, okay, I, actually, this could be a pretty decent side hustle where I could make some money and help us to hit our financial goals. 
And then as I approached the end of 2019, my wife was so sick of me talking about the podcast and eventually doing it as my full-time thing that she said, dude, just go for it, man. We've got all this money saved up. We've been talking about doing rental properties, but you know, in our lives right now, we're a little too busy and it just feels like a hectic thing to do. Why don't you use that cash that we've saved up as sort of your runway to go do this thing that you've been talking about for so long and make it become a reality. So that's what I ended up doing in January. I saved up the the cash. We had a, probably about a year's worth of expense. Actually, it was probably more than that. We had about $100,000 saved up. And so that felt like, man, I felt really comfortable to make this leap. So that's what I ended up doing in January of this year. That's phenomenal. Now, saving up that much money is terrific too, to be able to springboard you into doing something full-time because I know as I do things more full-time as anybody else, you put more time into it, you start making more money. So if you're doing a side hustle, you're only making as much as your time can allow. So if you quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, you can actually put all that time instead of making somebody else money, make yourself money. And then you hopefully have even much more. So now I got to quickly, because you asked this, I got to jump in that question that quickly comes to my head. So with that $100,000 saved up as an emergency fund, which is phenomenal, as really good. Have you in since January to now, it's been almost a year. Have you had to dip into that or has business been going really well to where you're like, you know what, this was there and I'm blessed that I have it. But at the same time, my business is making enough money. I'll tell you what, we did dip into it, but we didn't dip into it because my business wasn't doing well. We dipped into it to have a little bit of fun because over the past, oh, maybe 10 years in our marriage, I've had some of these crazy financial goals that I've drugged my wife into like paying off our mortgage or, you know, saving in our investment accounts. We, we just hit a million dollar net worth earlier this year. So I, I think they, they've, they've, uh, you know, uh, it's been worth it, but for her, it's sort of like, Hey man, let's, let's enjoy, let's have a little bit of fun. So we did deep into it a little bit. So we updated our kitchen. We ended up getting these kittens that we adopted. We uh, ended up going on some vacations earlier in the year. So I guess to answer your question, we did dip into it, but it was for fun stuff for family. We've had a lot of moments this year where we really needed to like, I kind of band together and have some fun. It's been kind of a wild year. So we did dip into it, but two, two reasons why we did to have fun, but also because both her and I felt confident about how the business was going and how the year was going. So uh, we, we didn't feel like we needed $100,000 in savings anymore. That's No, that's absolutely terrific. In fact, <laughs> we sacrifice, guys like us, and everybody listen to this, we sacrifice now so that in the future, we can literally do whatever we want, whenever we want to do it, because we've worked hard. I love the term delayed gratification, where you're yeah. putting things off until a future date, because you know it's going to be a big payout when you're actually able to quit your job. Now, Now, thinking about podcasting, Now, there's a whole ball of wax of how to actually do podcasting, which I don't really, I think we can go into that. But what I really would want to talk to you about is how do you start making money with podcasting? Because we can talk about how, but there are lots of podcasts out there, just like there are lots of YouTube channels. Actually, many, many, many thousands more or maybe a million more (laughs) YouTube channels, much fewer podcasts, which is a good thing for podcasters. How do we make money from podcasting? It seems like we just put it out there on the airwaves and hopefully somebody listens to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that is the goal. You, the more people that listen to it, the more reason that advertisers will want to pay you money. So the goal in the beginning for me, again, was just a hobby. I hope some people listen and, uh, and resonate with it. And I just started putting it out there, you know, sharing it on my social channels and hopefully people would start to download. And they did, you know, I connected with a great network in the personal finance community 
and that helped to grow it as well. But over time, advertisers started to contact me and say, Hey, we are trying to cater towards families and we would like to sponsor your show. And I was like, Whoa, you can get, you can make money doing this stuff. This is kind of cool. I was just having fun. And so, yeah, it started with one. And then I think, Oh, maybe I made a hundred dollars from the first podcast sponsor. But for me at the time, it was like, somebody's going to give me a hundred dollars to talk about the stuff that I'm interested in. That is fantastic. And so with that, that little light bulb popped and said, okay, well, what's the math problem here? Okay. If I have more downloads and more subscribers and more people coming to my podcast, then I can get paid more money, but there's a balance, right? I don't want to over advertise this thing because it'll scare away the listeners. So it's like, there's a little dance you got to do there. And obviously you don't want to just take money from anybody. You want to take you want to have partnerships with people who are going to help out your audience. So this isn't just a pure money game. It's like, all right, what's the win-win where somebody who's listening to my show is learning. And then they're also maybe going to get a tool that's going to help them to do even better in their lives. That's the, those are the win-win relationships I'm always looking for when I create uh, sponsorships, whether it's a sponsorship on my podcast or my blog. Um, and that is how I've been making money. So I create those connections and really it's just a little advertising spot. And what I do is a mid roll just in the middle of the show. So it doesn't interrupt too much. And it just comes, you know, a little 60 second spot that shares one of these, one of these spots. Um, and that's how I've been doing it. And I've been doing that for about three years now. There was only one little lull during this coronavirus season where advertisers kind of pulled back. But outside of that, I've consistently had sponsorships on the show for about three years. And it's not a crazy amount of money, but it is good enough for the money to come in, for me to run the program, to get more gigs. And it helps me to get speaking gigs, writing gigs. Um, I was an MC for a conference that both you and I attended. I little things like that, that it just spawns. So the podcast can be one thing where you can make uh, sponsorship revenue, but all the things that come out of it, these branches that start to come from your podcast tree uh, are pretty incredible. So when you say sponsorships, is it literally yes. just an ad or are there any other ways for sponsors to actually utilize your services, pay you money, but then you, you benefit? Like what other, like, is it just an ad in the middle? Is there anything else that happens to help you to make more money? Yeah, great question. In the beginning, it was just an ad in the middle because that's all I knew about. But then as things started to progress, people would contact me and be like, hey, can I be on your podcast? I would love to talk about my new app XYZ. And in the beginning, I was so happy to talk to anybody. Sure, come on, you want to talk about... And then after a while, maybe a year or so into it, I'm like, wait a second, this is like free advertising for them. So what I decided to do was create a small segment and call it something special, you know? And then, so I would invite those people in. I would let the, the listeners know, hey, this is a sponsored segment. So, you know, they, they, they understand what's into it. But with that segment, I want them to teach something so that people can come away, whether they wanna buy the product or not, they've learned something from this company and then they, they've built that trust. So that, that's like a, essentially a sponsored interview. But I would keep it short. I didn't want it to take up the whole episode. So it was essentially a section of a larger episode. That became another avenue. And then a lot of folks got really focused on SEO. So I said, okay, well, what can we do to take that episode and create a really tailored SEO article out of it? And that way you are being found through Google and your products found through there. 
And then people said, well, video is the thing. Video, you got to do video too. And so I found another way, to, you know, starting to record the episodes, putting those on YouTube or finding different ways to create more sponsorship. So again, started with one thing, but then branches out and then becomes a lot of different avenues. And it helps me sort of ring out my content too. So if I've already gotten the podcast interview, then I can ring it out into a video interview. I can ring it out into a an SEO focused article or a sponsored interview. And then those become different content opportunities for my listeners to enjoy, but also different revenue opportunities for me as well. I love that as you're talking about it, sounds like you're doing the work one time and you're like basically getting that content at one time and you're putting it out in many different ways. Like some people, well, I know myself, I learn through listening. I don't necessarily yeah. learn through video. I just don't, and definitely don't learn through reading. It just, it's, it's listening. That's how I learn, but not everybody's like that. So it sounds like you have the ability to reach more people with your same content in different, different ways that they actually digest and learn and grow through content. Is that right? Absolutely. And you're, you're exactly right. Whereas I'll tell somebody, Hey, you should listen to my podcast. And they'll be like, what's a podcast? Or they just don't want to listen. Like you said, they prefer to read or they prefer to watch videos. And this is a great way to capture it across different mediums and different and different styles. Cause people like to consume differently. That's great. Now it seems like that's a, a lot to take on meaning YouTube, YouTube, podcasting, writing articles, creating a website, writing spot. There's a lot of stuff where if we were going to boil everything down outside of creating a podcast, which we definitely know we need to create a podcast. And I do want to touch on a little bit of like what we should talk about in our podcast. Like, how did you pick your topic, which we'll get to in just mm -hmm. a second. But this sounds like there's so much to do. If you were to get started all over again, what is the the, the lowest hanging fruit that we really should do once we started the podcast? What are the first things that we should probably start doing? Well, I think we would boil it back down to what content medium do you like the most? Do you really like consuming YouTube? Do you really like consuming podcasts? Do you really like reading? And maybe that's the one you gravitate towards because what I did in the beginning, I think is the wrong way to go. I said, I'm going to do them all. And I got overwhelmed. I started, I said, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to be writing and I'm going to be podcasting. I didn't do video in the beginning, but eventually got into it. But it was one of those things where I just sort of overwhelmed myself. I think a smart thing to do is find out what medium you like the best and find out which one will you actually gravitate towards doing. Writing is really difficult for me. I, I get to an assignment and I, I'm going to get paid to write and I'm like, oh my God, what can I do to delay as much as possible? But with podcasting, you, you invite me on your podcast, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this, man. Let's do this right away. Um, so I, I guess my, first, my answer to that is just find what, find what feels most comfortable to you and then start creating content. You don't have to be perfect. Just go for it, start creating, and then see how you can get better over time. And so if that's with podcasting, get yourself uh, an inexpensive microphone. Don't go too hog wild with the best of the best. Just start, record it, and put your first episode out there so that in one year, you can look back at that first episode and laugh and say, man, have I made so much progress? Or, you know, be proud of where you are. So I guess my first, my first step would be just to get started and really start diving into it. And then we, we talked about uh, picking that niche. That is where we could probably dive in a little bit deeper. What do you have that, not, 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 not only what medium do you have passion towards, whether it's video writing or podcasting, but what topic just kind of gets you all fired up? You know, is it real estate? Is it just being a, a dad? Is it 
whatever, anything, find that and pour yourself into that. And then, you know, find a community that nurtures that as well. And your message will grow even further. I think that's great. I love, and I'll go through a little bit of what you just talked about. Definitely the community is phenomenal. I know we, um, so you both, you know, I are a part of the FinCon, the Financial Bloggers Conference community, fabulous community. And in fact, my business, my online, my real estate business is, is great, but my online business has grown tremendously just by being around people just like yourself, Andy, who are much smarter than me. And I'm like, well, how are you doing it? Let me figure out how you're doing it. And I'll just pick it back up what you're doing. And so that's brilliant. And I love the idea of, I'm kind of going backwards as you were explaining everything, the content. So whatever you're passionate about or whatever you have, you can, you can I think, you can talk for end on end. Like you could just continually talking about a subject. That's a good thing. Like that's probably something that you might want to go down. Now, when you mentioned, because I didn't really initially think of this, but you said to go after something that you initially like. If you like podcasts mm-hmm. and you listen to podcasts, do that. Well, that's exactly what I did because I like podcasts and I didn't start a YouTube channel until like three years after my podcast was done and started and we're enrolling because I didn't like YouTube and I don't mind it. I now I like it. I, it's okay. But anyways, starting where you're comfortable, just getting out there and getting that moving. I think it's great. And getting that right content out there. Now, if we're thinking about a podcast is the direction we want to go and we want to now build a community of people that are really liking my brand. You know, do we need social media accounts? Do we need a blog? What are your thoughts to now we have it, we're getting started. We're, ha- we're putting that podcast out there from there. How do we then make sure that other people know so that they can see how awesome people like you, Andy are in a podcast and then start listening. Yeah. I, I, the first thing that I love to do is to give back in the community that you want to be a part of. So that might start with, yes, producing content, which is fantastic, but also giving back to the creators that are doing well in your in your community already. So that could be commenting on their posts, giving them a five-star review, tweeting some cool thing that they have to say. You know, if you don't have a voice just yet, use others that are in the community and amplify them. Because one thing you're doing is you're finding your voice and then you're also supporting the community. And it's also helping you connect with great people that can help you do better and do better for the mission that you're on. So whether that is the environment or personal finance or real estate or whatever it is, find that community and give back first before you're saying, Hey, give me, give me, you know, give to receive, right? So go out there, find that community, support those that are already creating great content. And then once you've been, you know, given back, you're going to receive as well. It is magic, no joke. And especially a great place to do that is through social media. A simple thing to do is to create a Twitter account, find some people in your community and give back just by commenting on their posts, retweeting, you know, sharing great things that they have. There's nothing better that you can do for another podcaster than to just give them a review on their podcast. They gush over it. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a words of affirmation guy. So man, I, I love when I get reviews. It just blows me over. So those are the types of things that you can do to kind of give back. And then with that, yes, share your stuff online, share your stuff through social media. And then I think people will give back to you. That's great. And I do really, really thoroughly enjoy when people just give and like to say some, Hey, I, I watch your YouTube and I commented and I give you thumbs, thumbs up. I'm like, man, that's so nice. Let me do it back for you. And so what's great is as you think of serving other people, and it, honestly, it goes same for your podcast, your blog, your YouTube. If you try to serve more people, 
it seems like you get so much more in return. Plus I feel better. Like I feel, man, I help somebody Absolutely. out. It's so great to do that. Now there is a, a little bit of interesting, uh, two little things I wanted, two directions I want to go down. Number one, getting more listeners. Number one, number two, what should we actually not what we should podcast about, but should we inter interview people? Cause it seems like there's a couple different styles, but two major ones, interviewing people or having your own voice, you teaching something, you talking about something. So let's first talk about how do we get more people to listen to us? And then we'll go down that route of how should, like, how should we structure our actual episodes? Yeah, I would say I, all I could say is probably from personal experience to growing the show. I think the more personal you can be, the better off you're going to be because a lot of people can spew facts, right? You can say, hey, here's exactly this thing that's going to make you a millionaire, but share a little bit more. Share why that is the case with your situation or whatever situation you're in. Because I think people resonate with personal stories more than somebody spewing facts. Yes, you can spew the facts after you've shared the great story and say, hey, here's a great story. And then here are some takeaways for you to try it yourself. We might not all be in the same situation, but here's what worked for me. And I think if you can speak from a, from a you know sort of a humble kind of situation as opposed to here's what you got to do, and this is the only way you're going to do it. I think people will maybe listen a little bit more. So if you can consistently do that over time, uh, share personal stories, be consistent with your show too. People love consistency. So they know every Monday I've got a show coming out. I've been doing that for now two, what am I at? 225 episodes. So they know every Monday they're going to see an episode from Andy and then they, and they look forward to it. Hopefully, you know, I, I don't want to humble brag myself here, but hopefully they're looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, so consistency, I would say getting personal. And then I forgot your other question. <laughs> so the next one is, and I, I think it ties, really ties well into it. Um, should you do an interview style show where you're just right. lining up guests and guests and guests and guests, or should you be your own voice and your own talking or maybe a combination of both? What are your thoughts there? So I've done a combination of both and I'll tell you the reason why. In the beginning, I was very interested I was very interested in learning and I was also very interested in sharing. So I tried to do a one every other for probably now the past four years. And that style has worked really well for me, but that's very personal. Some folks might say, you know what? I don't want to be the, the solo guy on, on, on my podcast. I want to just bring super interesting people on, highlight them and let them tell their story. Cause I feel like I'm a really good interviewer. Then great do that. I think this boils down to what we talked about earlier. What do you feel most comfortable with in the beginning that's going to keep you coming back each week to keep delivering this content? Because I think the real problem or the real stop for a lot of podcasters is just burnout because it's a lot of work. And But you got to design it in a way where it doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun. It feels like you're going to a playhouse every day and you get to play radio in your basement or wherever you're doing it. And it's just a joy. So find the ways to make it a joy. If it's like pulling teeth for you to get up there and do solo shows, then don't do it. Interview people that make you feel excited and, and inspire you to maybe be a better podcaster, a better person with your life and then go from there. And then over time, if you start to feel confident and you say, Hey, I want to be, I want to just do the solo thing, then do that. That's cool. Or just do solo. If you don't want to interview somebody, again, just do what feels comfortable for you to start out. That's great. And the longevity of the show, that's how you get, I think, you get more subscribers because the longer it's out there, the longer it's consistent. Like you said, being consistent, 
longer you're doing both of those things, the more people find you and hopefully the more people share you. In fact, just yesterday, so I, this is, so successfully unemployed is my passion. Like I, I just love talking to other business owners like this and sharing that there are so many ways to quit your job. There are so many ways, like there, I do real estate, that's one way, but there are so many ways like podcasting and many others. And so I do this because I enjoy talking to awesome people like you and I wanna show so many people how to do this. I also have my real estate uh, podcast called Master Passive Income. It's 90% my content, literally teaching how to do it. And so there's about 10% of interviews, but it's mostly my content. Just yesterday, I had two people on Instagram tag me, say, this is one of the best podcasts ever. I'm like, wow. My goodness, I didn't expect that. Thank you very much. It was so encouraging because what's what I love about, I also want to ask you what, well, number one, I love about podcasting is that you're in somebody's ear once a week, or if you do it more, two, three, four times a week, but you're in their ear and they listen longer than like a YouTube video or an article. Somebody's on my website for an article for like one minute. That's nothing. Or YouTube, maybe five minutes. Podcasts, they're on it for like 20 minutes because they're just listening to it. So what do you love about podcasting in a, a, I guess, a direction that can help us to actually get us to quit our job in a sense? Like that's my thing is I'm in somebody's ear and they're buying into, man, Dustin knows what he's talking about. Maybe I should work with him for coaching. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would completely agree with you. Podcasting is a super intimate medium. It is something that you can do while doing other things like driving in a car you know, doing yard work, whatever, cleaning the house, you know, going for a run. And you're doing these things while somebody is literally in your ear and they are motivating you. They are inspiring you. They're giving you words of advice for life. And that is something that you're describing cannot be done through, well, depending on how people read and things like that, at least what I've seen from my stats, people are on my site for just a small amount of time. They're just checking out an article or they're on the YouTube just for a little bit. Podcasting is super intimate. So yeah, if you are in a coaching, you know, aspect or an advisor aspect or some sort of, you know, role where you're going to be shaping somebody's lives, uh, lives, this is a really good medium for that to enhance your business. So podcasting itself doesn't only have to be your only revenue stream. You could be like, Hey, I'm a coach for whatever, for fitness, for anything. And this is going to be my medium to keep uh, the message going after our sessions. And that's a really good way to, you know, keep that connection, that personal connection, and also keep people coming back for more services. Man, you're giving me so many questions that it just, I have so many <laughs> questions I got to get out. So the first one is you brought up multiple streams of income or basically, yeah. you know, if you have sponsorships, it's basically ads coming in per show. If you have more shows per week, you could hopefully have more sponsorships, but we'll leave that aside. Are there any other ways that you make money or that we should look into making money from our podcast? I mean, I have plenty of examples, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give you examples from what I've been able to do, and then maybe we can riff on some other ones. But freelance writing has been a good one. I know some, I, I talked about cringing earlier, but if there's a if there's an article that says, hey, can you write about this? And I'm really passionate about the topic, the words flow. And that's a nice, that's a nice thing to be able to do, especially during a time where maybe we're stuck at home or things like that, writing to make money, it's a pretty good deal. Speaking gigs. Before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of in-person speaking gigs, whether they were at corporations or through different community organizations. And then even as the as we rolled into a, an odd 
situation in 2020, I was doing a lot of virtual uh, presentations to some of them were global audiences, which was a lot of fun. So that that was the the beauty of being at home and using Zoom for our presentations is that I was able to touch a lot of different audiences in, in Europe and Asia, which was great. Uh, I've also done, uh, I did an MC gig that was recent. I've done other speaking gigs in person and then affiliate income is another fun one, which is kind of, I know you know about that too, but once you've written the article or once you've done the video or once you've done the podcast, this is another little way for if people decide to buy the product, then you get a little bit of commission from that as well. So as you're wringing out that content from your podcast to your YouTube channel, to your blog post, make sure you've got affiliate um, affiliate uh, links in there for you to connect with the brands and then keep that income coming. There's nothing better from uh, than a random check that comes into my mailbox. And I'm like, I don't even, oh, okay. Yeah. That's like, that's an organization I've been working with and they're going to send me money. And I don't even remember putting the link there. That's fantastic. Random money to get. So little things like that have been, uh, have been winners for me this year. Oh, it's great. Especially when you're providing services that the people listening to your podcast really want and need, like they're going to benefit yeah. them. And you're just providing this, Hey, this is an opportunity. I have, kid you not, I have one um, affiliate that I get like a thousand dollars a month from. I'm that's like, awesome. That's a thousand dollars. I did. <laughs> I did work one time and I still get a thousand dollars a month, but it's yeah. a service that my listeners really use and they are Absolutely. really glad to use it. So that's a huge benefit. Now, along with creating more rev revenue streams, have you thought about, cause I've heard of things like Patreon, or I know there's some things like YouTube. If you have a YouTube channel, you can actually have members that pay you a little mm -hmm. bit of money. What are your thoughts about creating extra content that would be premium, I guess? Like, is that an idea? Is that something we should look into? I would say if you have the time and it becomes an opportunity for you, go for it. For me and my situation right now, I'm doing the most that I can probably do content creation wise. And if I'm able to do it, I'm going to be putting it out there for, for all to enjoy. Uh, there are opportunities for you to get that extra bang. I'm afraid for me personally, if I've got the advertisements already, and then I say, Hey, and Patreon, I feel like I'm going to be I don't know. I feel like that's a bit much for my audience. I'm, I'm very conscious of that too. And I'm always surveying my audience or trying to contact them too, to, to get that gauge. Am I doing too much, you know, and things like that. So I feel like for me, it might be a little bit too much, but a lot of people do really well with the, with the Patreon only, you know, model too. So no ads. And I'm just going to ask for, you know, you to donate or decide how much you want to give on a monthly basis. That works a lot. That works really well for a lot of podcasters. So it could be something to consider. I think you had a really, really good point. If you have the ability and the time and the, the, the content to be able to put out where you can actually give a little bit more Patreon, yeah. I'll give you a quick example. So Andy, if you ever go this route, I'll give you an example of how my brother did it. So he has a Patreon or he has his podcast teaching people how to play poker. And he just had a Patreon on there. Hey, if you want to support the show, you know, just, you know, go to Patreon and give what I helped him to do was get out of Patreon and create a membership because for Patreon, mm. he had to create more content for yeah. the special, you know, special levels that you pay $5 or $10 or $18. You get different amounts of free stuff every single month. The Patreon model is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's somebody volunteering money. Like, Oh, I'll just give him money and I get a little benefit. If you flip it to where you say, you sign up for my membership where I'm giving you premium stuff. They're realizing, well, it's not a volunteer, like you're paying for some really good stuff. So if you ever get down to that route, my personal belief, if you go down the membership route is so much better than Patreon. So my brother went from, I think making $200 a month 
to as soon as he flipped the switch to a membership model to $2,000 a month, like the same amount of people just That's jumped great. right over. Yeah. So it could be a great, great thing for you if you do that. Now, what quick last thing, last question. What about creating some sort of um, like not necessarily a membership, but something that like helps your, like your, your marriage, kids and money. Something that is uh, something that they can buy. And I really like Andy. I like the way he, co he coaches or teaches. I want to buy a course. I want to buy this, that, or the other. What are your thoughts about doing something like that? I think that is fantastic. I know a lot of people who are in a similar position as me that have digital products, whether they're eBooks or courses or even just printables that make really good money. And that is very good digital passive income. Once you've created it, people are going in, they're buying it and consistently going from there. So I am definitely having that on the horizon uh, for a 2021. This being my first year, I'm trying to do my best between getting the show going and now being a, a virtual school manager as well with my kids being home. <laughs> so between all those things, I definitely have some on the goals for 2021. But I know a lot of folks in our community that have done really well with a lot of those digital products. And that is great passive income. It just keeps coming and coming and it serves your audience as well. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think you would do great, especially with the, the reach that you have. I think it would do really well. So now Andy, let's jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So these questions are, don't feel like you need to answer them really fast. I just, there's some, some quick questions for you. So the first one is you've given us so much great insights right now. Is there anything that we might've missed? Like other than getting started, because usually everybody says, oh, just get started. Well, we know that we want to get started. What is a tip that you can give somebody who wants to start podcasting that we might not have covered, but is a really good thing that we should know? I would say try it out as a hobby or side hustle for an extended period of time, not just like a couple weeks or a couple months. If this is going to be your, your saying, this is going to be your thing going forward, be willing to try it for quite a while before you take the leap. And yes, saving up money is a good idea, but also understanding if it's something you really, really want to do for the long term is very, very important too. So I would try it out as a side hustle, try it out as a hobby for a long period of time to make sure you love it. I love that idea. I love that you added extended period of time. Like, don't just try it out for a month or two yeah, months. Yeah. I did it for a week. It's been great. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, next question. If you were to go back and give your younger self any bit of advice, it could be business or life or anything like that, what would it be? Uh, I, the first thing that pops into my mind is don't rush to, to buy a home. <laughs> I bought a home at 22 because I thought it was the right financial responsibility thing to do. And I, I put myself in a financial position where I was very tight on money. I think I was probably spending maybe more than 50% of my income on household expenses at 22. And my life just came to a halt. So I would say with that in mind, double check yourself on advice that you hear you're supposed to do. And with that, for me, it was, you're supposed to buy a house. You're not supposed to rent, things like that. And so I would double check yourself on things you're supposed to do and make sure it fits with your lifestyle before you are appeasing the, uh, the advice gods. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point, man. Okay. What is your favorite or one book that you would recommend that's nonfiction that we can either learn from? It could be business life or anything like that. I would say it would be The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Uh, fantastic book. Actually, I think I... Over on my desk there, yep. Slight, uh, Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And it is all about, and it could be anything. It could be money. It could be uh, your religion. It could be 
you know, improving your business. It could be physical. It could be emotionally spiritual, taking small steps to get where you eventually want to go in life. And that incremental work, those steps have a compounding effect, both financial entrepreneur, all the things that you want to do to improve in your life. That book helped to boil that down in a, such a nice concrete way where you realize, Hey, yeah, I want to have a super successful business, but then realize the small steps that it takes for you to get there. And Jeff Olson's book did that for me. That, I love that. I'm definitely going to check it out. I've literally never heard of it. So you got me. I'm going to, I'm going to check into it. That sounds really good. <laughs> Great. Okay. Next question. What is one app or tool, or it can be a piece of paper and a pencil. What is something that you use every single day that we should look into using? Oh, I really got into the Calm app lately, and it's been a year for that. <laughs> so this is an app that is sort of meditation, but mostly just calming yourself down. And this is an app where, you know, you spend maybe 10 minutes and you go through an exercise where you're breathing, but then the majority of it is just motivation on life in the end saying, Hey, here are some things that are going on in life. These are different ways for you to look at it. And it takes an opportunity for me when I'm in a heightened state, you know, as a, as a busy parent or a, a busy entrepreneur, when things maybe aren't going so well. And 10 minutes later, I feel like I am calm and serene and ready to take on the day. So I know people are into prayer. I know people are into meditation. I know people are into breathing exercises or exercise or, or just athletic, you know, exercise take an opportunity to find out what your 10 minute calm down thing is and do that for yourself. It's good to have self-care. It's good to help regulate yourself as you are, are busy and, and calm does that for me. You know, Andy, after knowing you for a little bit that I have, I don't see you as being needing anything like call, like you're, you're a pretty <laughs> easygoing, like I'm, people call me a little more, you know, excited, like just my personality. I'm just, that's just how I am. I'm always happy. I'm always excited. I'm always going. And so I was thinking, man, I would probably need that calm. I don't know if Andy <laughs> needs that calm. <laughs> so anyways, no, that's a good, good thing. I'll definitely have to check that out. Now, Andy, I am super excited that you got to share everything about money or sorry, marriage, kids and money in that order. It's a fantastic, the right order. Now, how can somebody find you? Because they've given it, you've given out so much great insights. I know people want to learn more about you and even listen to the podcast. How can they find you? Yeah, the best place to do that, if you're listening to this podcast, would be to type in Marriage, Kids, and Money in your podcast player. Check it out. Listen to a couple episodes. See if it's for you. And if you are into reading or checking out YouTube, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com and you'll see a link for some great articles and some great videos. I'd appreciate it. Awesome. And if you guys are ever snow skiing, you'll see Andy and his wife just shredding the slopes. <laughs> And so that's also fun too. That's also where Andy and I got to hang out too. But I Andy, love it. awesome. Thank you so much for all the great insights. I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me, Dustin. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. 
go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.